0: Hello and welcome to the Terrace Podcast. We're back for a new season. We've had our break, we've had our lockdown, we've had all that self-indulgence and now it's time to talk about the football again. My name is Craig Cairns and all the wine is all for me and joining me today to preview each of the 13 Premiership teams is, first of all, Craig Anderson. Hi, how you doing? So actually, I've not updated my notes from, uh, from earlier. And we've also got Tom Watt.
1: Hello how are you doing?
0: very well very well it 's preview week, so today we 're going to go through our usual kind of relative sort of quick fire questions, one for each team um there's going to be a scouting of sorts um preview show later in the week so today we're going we're gonna, we're going to pretend we can predict what 's actually going to go ahead over the next few weeks and months um and kind of on that first of all we 'll start with you, Craig. What do you think about this going into the season um all these kind of variables that have been thrown in with the the kind of unknown of the last few months. Do you think we're kind of in for a really unpredictable start to the season?
2: Yes, I do. I think it's kind of, we're, we're set up with like teams that kind of have gone through an unusual pre-season. So you've had teams getting games called off at the last minute for um, a variety of reasons. You've had I playing pre-season friendlies against teams in your own league, which is weird enough in the first place. Um there's not been any sense of a proper preseason feel to it, and it doesn't definitely feel to me like the proper league is starting on Saturday, which it is. Um, and I think that will go down to the players. I think you saw in, um, in England and Germany, other places, it took them a wee while to get up to speed. And even though we've been playing friendlies for you know three, four weeks, it's going to be the same here. I think we can expect some. <sighs> unusual football at the weekend I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of mistakes I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of fitness issues um, I think the SPFL the, the Premiership clubs haven't decided or voted yet on whether to allow five subs or not <laughs> We're five days away from the start of the season we've not we've not quite um, quite got round to whether that's going to be a thing or not um, I think the clubs have to vote in favour I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't because um, I think you're just handing an advantage to the, the clubs with bigger squads and um, but it'll be interesting with all of those variables going on. But I think it, I think we're in. I think it will take clubs about a month or two to get up to speed properly. Yeah,
1: it's interesting as well. There's, I mean, there, there are probably there still are a couple of clubs who could probably just about scrape sixteen players that could 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 take to the field at any one point. But yeah, definitely definitely interesting times. And there's so many x factors to it, like you say. With I mean, even in in the research for. For looking at this, I was looking to see if there's a, hu- a huge amount of previews anyone had done elsewhere. And there's not. <laughs> there's not a huge amount of previews that, you know, we're, we're, we're five days from the start of the season and it doesn't feel like, well, the English Premier League finished yesterday. So it, it, there's this, this very <laughs> short pause between it. I mean, it, uh, there's an awful lot of unknowns in it, but there, there's even things like, does it make a difference? I mean, there's been some interesting sort of staty studies about um, has it made any difference to the way football's played? You know, is there, are players running as fast, as far? Um, there was a really good piece uh, by James Tozier in The Economist who said that physically um, in England, Italy, and Germany, like pretty much matches are very similar. Players are running the same distances. They're doing the same amount of passes per game. Um, the pace of the games is slowed down but the distance running and the passing but um there's other little x factors like do you you have does the lack of fans in a stadium mean you're you're more likely to are fouls going to go before someone gets booked you know there there was some indication uh, there's a piece in the ft about home advantage doesn't count as much but not because of um you know feeling like you're representing your home and uh, anything like that but because referees aren't swayed at all by the crowd which was the the big advantage in playing at home is you you know even if you get like 0.1 uh, you know you get 10% advantage either way that that's obviously gone out the window and that was that was the one in the, that they they particularly highlighted so i think we'll get weird start season because it's uh, we've almost been forced to just get up and running and get underway and uh, and get going and there's not really been any kind of regimented idea of around the pre-season and some clubs have had more of one than others uh, but also there's all sorts of chaos uh, because we don't have the same sort of setup as, as the leagues that have been running over the summer which means there may be variations in the levels of professionalism I guess.
0: Yeah and you mentioned stats we were earlier there and um I was going to come on to them and how they will be affected. I'm talking about more things like um, consecutive wins and, I don't know, league titles and top six finishes and all these kind of things. Um, how easy is it to kind of talk about these things and the season to come and seasons after that when you've got this kind of weird season or two sandwiched in there?
1: I mean, it kind of... It, 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 it doesn't... There, there will always be an asterisk beside this part, you know, b- beside these years. Not because the titles are less, have less merit, but because there's, they're not normal. It's not a normal season. It's not normal circumstances. The Scottish Cup will be won by players, some of whom may well have played. You know, maybe may well I've played against the team that they're playing in the final. It, it's a very, very odd situation that, that we're in, um, and unprecedented is kind of worn out. But yeah, it, it is weird, and it's not just going to apply to the cup competitions because there will be there will be teams that would that may have a really slow start to the season or may have you know maybe three four. Five players down on what their ideal squad size would be like, just because of the financial financial circumstances they find themselves in. So there, there are no. But personally, I would say there's no. It's not a demerit against the competition that uh, these are the circumstances we're in because titles count for you know regardless. But there definitely is an asterisk. There definitely is something that says these were not. None of these games were played in normal times.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that's the main thing. You talk the Scottish Cup's an interesting one because if uh, Hearts played Celtic in the final, then presumably Craig Gordon could get a, a winner and a runners-up medal in the same season. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the same for me. It's like you make a wee note of it to say, uh, as someone who collects all the, the data and, and does all that stuff, you know, make a wee note of it because when you're reading through that and you're thinking, oh, that guy only played 28 games in that season, but then you're like, no, he's still an ever-present. Do you know what I mean? Because like, that's how many games... Teams played. I've been going through last season's appearances, and it's a, it's a pain in the ass when I'm doing my checking because I'm like, oh, our both have got this amount of appearances, and then I'm having to actually go back and check how many games they played. Whereas normally, you know, they played uh, 36 games, so you know your column when you're totaling up how many games people have played, it should add up to 396, 36 times 11, easy. And then you're like baffled the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and if we have five subs, that'll be an extra layer of like confusion. Um, but mainly no it's fine
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see how that kind of impacts on uh yeah kind of conversations about it down the line but yeah anyway we'll go on to our going through each team each premiership team we've got a question for each um we'll do it in reverse order of how they finished the league last season which means we're going to start with the new boys Dundee United and it's a Shankland related question because it's Dundee United um does retaining Sha- Shankland paper over their paper-thin squad? Now, if you look at the squad, there's a few players there that you could say have maybe seen better days in the top flight, but there's also a kind of few unknown quantities in there. W- what do you think, Craig? Um,
2: yeah, Yes is probably the answer I think if
0: they keep Shankland
2: he's, he's very good, I expect him to have a very good season because I just, I think there's some things you watch a player playing in, in the lower levels and you think he's going to have no problem stepping up and, and I think that with Shankland, um, it doesn't matter it was like, it kind of reminded me of when when John McGinn was being capped for Scotland when he was still playing the Championship for Hibs and folk were critical of that but you're, you watch the player and you're like, if you watch the player you know he's good enough and Shankland is a player who I expect if he's fit and, and firing to score at least 15 in the league this season um, which which will be a lot but beyond that if you look at that Dundee United squad I think any prediction that someone would make of Dundee United finishing quite well in the league is because of Dundee United and not because of the players they had if you if this was Morton coming up with exactly that same squad you'd be like not sure there's a, there's a few players I like I like Smith um, as, as a fullback I think he would do, do pretty well um, Butcher's pretty solid in the middle of the park, and I like Capery, but he's unproven completely. So, I think they they haven't done any business essentially at all yet. Maybe a little bit of uncertainty that's kind of affected that, but they're going to need to sign players kind of quickly. I think they don't have a, a like is it a life back? They don't have those positions they don't have anyway. No, they've they do got have a Robson. Left back.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, they've got Robson, and they've got um, Argentina's finest as well. Um, but they are just looking at the squad they're maybe a wee bit lacking and I think we will need some work done
1: Yeah I think that's fair I, I've got my first uh, answer is just yes retaining Shanklin does paper thin over, uh, paper over the, the the cracks a little bit I mean he, he is the obvious star had an incredible season last season I I think he'll be fine I think he'll be good this season I think I think we've seen a lot of players who have scored an awful lot of goals um, in, in the championship in recent years. So I'm not, I'm not totally convinced he's going to be the, because not not because he's not good enough, because I don't think Dundee United are. Um, I think the, the if you look at the standouts from last season, um, Paul McMullen was okay-ish at St. Mirren. Reynolds, Mike Reynolds looks like he's, he's got his, over his fitness issues, but I maybe mean, 18 months ago, he was kind of creaking at, at the top level. And, um, Callum Butcher is definitely better than he was first time around for Dundee United, but again, there's a, a bit of a question mark there about the step up. Uh, Jamie Robson untested. Liam Smith, like you say, played every game last season, 28 games, I believe, um, <laughs> d- but did like was just okay at, at the at top level. It's, it's quite a big squad. It's a very young squad, but it's quite lightweight. And actually, when you look at the momentum that they are carrying into this season, the they were—I mean, they were by far and away the best team in the championship last last season. But they, I think they won three of their last ten games. Partly, that was probably because the job was well was already done. But the idea that they are this—they are the Dundee United of five or six years ago—is is quite a long way off. So I don't think they will be bothering the top six um, unless they, they do some serious surgery.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think there'll be a, at the worst there'll be a competitive kind of bottom six side and I think they'll, they'll, kind, of, they'll kind of be fine and stay up. But yeah, I can't see them pushing for, for top six. We'll move on to Hamilton next. Um, which style does Brian Rice go for? Now when he first came in it was all attack, attack, attack but then he's more recently gone to a more conservative approach. What, what do you think, Tom? Um, I think... I I think
1: he has to be pragmatic. I think it would be on, on one hand Hamilton, in normal circumstances, should be looking at what like Livingston have done. That um, they the, they're they're not they're in the same sort of shopping market. The, they know they can't afford to be big budget, but they they can shop smartly and they can do a bit more with it. But we're not in normal times. I mean, the, they are. Hamilton are always reliant on young players and are always reliant on free transfers coming in at the last minute and having two good months to keep them up. But th- this season, more than ever, they will be incredibly reliant on the likes of like, like you know, Lewis Smith, Ronan Hughes, Cunningham, Winter, Char- like Charlie Trafford coming back, um, coming from uh, uh, Inverness, and players like that. They are less experienced than they have been before um, as a squad. And I think they have to be pragmatic. I think normally you think, right, so Hamilton stayed up. What are they going to aim for anything higher than than eleventh? I, I think this season they can't. Just you know, if you if you finish higher than that, great, but just survive. Survive the season. And I think that's probably the case with four or five teams.
0: They've they've but lost them. Now um, more than ever. Yeah. They've lost a lot of players.
1: They've lost a lot of players. And I don't think I would be surprised if there is the budget to be able to bring in three or four free free transfers from the lower leagues in England who may be able to make a difference or, or you know may not have a club in October, November.
2: What do you think, Rick Yeah, I think I think Rice is kind of a, a funny one because he's been involved in teams that have played really good football. Um, you know, when he was the assistant at Falkirk in particular, like um, there, there was a spell where, where they were a really great team to watch but when he came in they were like that but immediately kind of went back to being Hamilton last season and so it's it's kind of it almost felt like he wanted to arrive and put his own stamp on it he did successfully for a little while and then he's kind of taking stock in the summer and thought I'm not going to get us through a season playing like this like we're we're going to get sussed out and we're going to go down and then he's kind of went right Well, we'll, we'll kind of go back to basics and, and as Tom said maybe they might have had a, a different thought in normal circumstances but I think they will Look to try to win games, you know, by the odd goal by being aggressive. Um, they've got some good players. Like they've got, they've still got some talent in the squad. Um, I think Templeton's still there, and and, and Smith and there two that can um, do do stuff. Not uh, not Callum Smith, um, the the other Smith. What's his name? I forget his name. Liam. Yeah, Leon. yeah. Um, and so they've got uh, th- those players that you you think right. You can make stuff happen, um, but in general, um, they are their squad build up is similar to what you've seen from Hamilton before. You talk about Trafford; he's a kind of big shit in the middle of the park that you can imagine him um, Callahan doing doing Hamilton the same type in. of things that, that McKinnon or, or the, the other guys would have done in the past. And they, they need that. I mean, you, you need you need that spine to your team. Um, every every team needs that, and um, and not, nobody more so than Hamilton.
0: Uh, next, we'll go on to Ross County. Now, considering how they started and ended last season, should they be favourites for the drop? Now, I'd say they weren't the worst side last season, obviously, but they maybe uh, they arguably had the worst defence. Uh, what do you think about uh, whether they're favourites to go down or not, Craig?
2: I don't think they should be because I, 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 every time I look at the squad, I think it looks all right. Um, I think they've, they've done pretty well in um, in the window, actually. Like um, I really like um, Stephen Kelly that they brought in alone from Rangers I thought, I thought he was very good for air last season I think he played every game for air um,
0: Possibly upgraded their goalkeeper
2: Yes um, yeah. if they can get doing and again another player who played very well for air um, over the last two years um, I I think he'll, he, definitely when you're comparing that to having Ross Laidlaw or, or other kind of associated uh, dumplings round about the squad um, that's going to be a, a step up and Charles Cook I think I talked about him before Regan Charles Cook has come with a big reputation in England coming in from Gillingham and then you've got guys who like like Carol Tamarco you know what you're getting he's, he's very unremarkable he's not a very good top flight left back at this point but he's solid um, and as as long as you're not kind of relying on him to make everything tick for the team he's probably going to do alright and then you've still got players who are pretty dangerous um, I think you. Know, McKay was kind of coming on to a game before, before we stopped um, Spittle can always make things happen I think he's a very inconsistent player and you've got Ross Stewart who I think is um, a really good forward at this level it is the the defence that's the problem with Brian Iacoviti, um who's the, the young Scottish boy who's been kicking about in England don't know much about him um, I think he, he has the potential to just be like every other Ross County centre half which is like mid-table championship level um, so that's going to be their concern, but I think they probably have enough attacking talent that they will keep their heads above water.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's kind of damning, given the squad, and given if, if you look at how paper-thin some of the squads are elsewhere, that Ross County are realistically being considered in the, amongst the bottom, bottom bunch, because they do, especially in an attacking sense, have, have talent, they have proven players, um and i think they need to do better like Kettlewell has a squad they sh- he should be doing more with what he's got i i think they have signed reasonably well given um you know given given the resources and given the time that they've had to to they they know everyone knows what the issue has been with the, with the defense um and that's clearly where the, where the where the issues have been um I th- like. I'm, I think Yakubu could be quite a good. I think. I think he could be quite a good player. I mean, he, he was. He was quite highly rated by Nottingham Forest a couple of years ago and played at League One. He played quite a lot of games in League One on loan um, in England. So, he, you know, has certainly has played at a reasonable enough level to to suggest there's there's something about him. I, I'm just. They. They still seem very lightweight. They still seem, uh, and there's, there's, they shouldn't, there should not be doubts. Like we've, you know, we'll we'll get on to. some of the clubs that should have a, um, that, that maybe have their eyes a little bit further up the d- division but for Ross County to be one of the ones that we're talking about con- considering the resources available to everybody else and the youth that is going to have to be relied on elsewhere Ross County have a decent squad and they should have a decent 11 so they should have they should they should have ambitions for quite a lot more than a relegation fight
0: Speaking about ambitions, should St Mirren be aiming for the top six? Now, this isn't a dig at Tony Fitzpatrick. This has been given with the reasoning that Livy and St Johnston did last season. So should they have similar ambitions, Tom?
1: It's the difference between aims and objectives. So St Mirren aiming to be a top six club is perfectly reasonable given St. Johnston have, Livingston have, Cali Thistle have in recent memory. But like clubs of a similar size have done very well uh, and you know made themselves regulars in the in the top six. So there's nothing wrong with St. believing that in the medium term they can get there that being the objective for the season which I don't think is quite what's been suggested but it's certainly like a firm belief that this is entirely realistic is it, it, it doesn't quite sit right with me I mean I, I think it, look, most people who speak to last season who saw St. and think that, like they they weren't nobody killed them nobody horsed them they played some decent football they were very hard to beat they, I don't think at any point last season they were absolutely atrocious but I think they they scored more than once, five times last season, and I think they they won by two clear goals just once. Um, the worst attacking record in in the division, and, and that's kind of where I think they still have a massive problem. I think the, the transfer business looks quite good. Richard Tate and uh, and Joe Shaughnessy coming in will improve them defensively, and their defense was already pretty decent. Um, like last season, I think that they had a comparable. Defensive record with like uh, Kelly and uh, and, uh, sorry, Livy uh, Livy and Motherwell, give or take. Um, Signing uh, the young teenage boy uh, from Norwich, I can't remember his name. Thorvaldson. Uh, uh, Thorvaldson, yes, Uh, a bit of a left field one. Norwich Academy is generally quite quite highly uh, regarded, though. Um, But I think the the problem is there is not a lot of creativity in that midfield. And the two senior strikers they have at the club average about four goals a season over the last few years. So I think it's entirely... I, I think if if Goodwin is planning on building from the back and making themselves even harder to beat, then I think he's, he's definitely gone about it the right way. I'm not quite sure where the huge improvement's going to come on what they had last season when I think they were defensively very, very good. They're, they're, that team is crying out for some kind of outlet to 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 get them goals. And I don't think that's there
2: yet. Yeah, you you for me like yes, they should be thinking about finishing in the top six because it's not impossible. But at the same time they have had a long spell in the top flight with ever even threatening to finish in the top six. And I don't really see a reason why that would suddenly they suddenly would start. Because you last season they were never even remotely close to it, this season before they were never remotely close to it and as Tom says they've made a couple of good signings but I don't think they've dramatically improved, I think Sean would say if he recaptures his St Johnston form from two, two years, three years ago even now it would be great, um, two years ago I'll, I'll be generous to him and say that he was still okay then um, but in, in Tate there's a reason Motherwell have, have allowed him to leave, I think he would do fine but as you say, they they just never seem to have goal scorers that, that can kind of carry them across the line. Higden was maybe the last one where you thought you know he's he's going to score a decent number of goals. Um, and they, they had him and Thompson around the same time, but in the last few years it's been what they've they've really missed. And they keep trying these guys, and they haven't been able to to sort it out. They don't have a left back at the moment, I don't think. Um, which we are three days out from the start of the season is probably concerning. I was getting them in Dundee United mixed up because United don't have. Centre backs, um, apart from two in, in United uh, and Saint don't have a left back. They will need to sign one. I will have suggest. Richard Tate
0: at least yeah, for the start again, of the season. But Richard you'll Tate, you'll love whoever, that for, for years. got enough for that. At Motherwell,
2: Tate. yeah, that was having mother fans. He's, he's one of the best right backs in Scotland, and yet he's basically never played there. So how can he be the best right back in Scotland? Because if he was, his manager would have picked him there a bit more often. he's A good player. Um, but yeah, he probably will start at left back because they don't have an option. That can't be what they want going forward. And it seems like it's a common problem for some men. Maybe it's their budget and they're constantly scrambling around at the last minute to bring players in. That was definitely the case last season. Um, and it was the case the year before that as well. Like they seem incapable of doing their business early.
0: And sticking with you, Craig, will Alex Dyer um, refer back to the Steve Clark Playbook. He's had a wee bit of a rocky time as manager so far. I think it's fair to say, but it was always going to be tough shoes to follow. What do you think? I think uh,
2: Dyer's been a beneficiary of the um, the, oh, the kind of stop I almost
0: put that in my notes, and I thought, are you just are you just guessing that, Craig? And I didn't. <laughs> no, so. no, because
2: I think at the come come towards the end of the season, basically since he took over, there were some signs that he might be all right, but then he would make mistakes, and he would be. The results weren't that great, and we, we finished with a with a horrific defeat at Hamilton against ten men. Um, and the yeah the last the last game we played before that we'd had the, the fiasco against Aberdeen in the cup, and then we played them in the league just before we stopped, and we were two 0 up and managed to not win that as well. And so I don't think his stock was particularly high. I don't think many people wanted him necessarily. I mean that's the wrong phrase. People want him to do well in general. He's very popular but people have doubts about him and I don't think he'd earned the right to be offered the job permanently. But I think once this all happened, you really needed the kind of uh, stability and therefore it made sense to 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 keep him on. Uh, everyone does want him to do well because I think he's, he's, as I said, very popular at Kelly. And I think you're right, he has to kind of move towards that Steve Clark idea because he was, he was a big part of that. He knows the players that are there the core of that team is still there. There's still Broadfoot and Finlay at centre-back. They're still Dicker and Power in the middle of the park. Brophy's still there up front. Chris Burke's still there. Rory McKenzie's still there. The core of that team is still there so it would be daft to move too far away from a style that worked. Um, I think we'll probably see more of the 2017-18 um, is that right? Yeah, 1718 18 Kelly rather than the, the 18 19 one that finished third because we have Kabamba t- taking on the Chris Boyd role rather than the kind of creative forward to play with Brophy. It's more of a um, kind of powerful striker. I think Kabamba's got a good touch, but he's obviously his physical attributes have been what's been most impressive since he came in. I think we've signed pretty well, but as with every other team, um, talking about positions are missing, we still don't have a goalkeeper. <laughs> um, literally, we have a, um 18-year-old, uh, I think a, a very young keeper anyway on the books. Danny Rogers has been on trial um, for a while, I guess he's going to be signed as, as a backup. And the hope from everyone is that there seems to be a deal in the in the works to bring backman back, which would be fantastic. But if that doesn't happen, um, then there's a problem because we don't have a goalkeeper. Um, so that's I, I would suspect if he wants to follow the Steve Clark approach, then having a goalkeeper would be a big part of that. <laughs> well, there has been a concerted effort with these transfers to kind of try to bring back players, he brought back Broadfoot, he brought back um, or he's tried to bring back Bachman in January, uh, he's hopefully going to bring him back now uh, Tish Bala has been linked with returning again so that does seem to have been part of the plan it's just get the old gang back together yeah, kind of exactly. thing, if we can get Jordan Jones and Greg Stewart back I would uh, I would forgive them both um, but but that's, that's kind of where we are um, with that but yeah I think he has to try and adopt a bit more pragmatism be able to see out games because that's where we, we really struggled after he took over
0: and we'll just move on to Hibs from there then um, Tom what shape do you think Jack Ross is going to use at Hibs next season Tony raised this one he said because they now have two strikers that they've splashed a fair bit of money on um, it kind of has to be a you'd think a two striker system and he, he kind of played a bit with the back three last season what are your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah I mean he helps have a good squad now they have a they have a good squad of players and it's now trying to find a formation that means you get the most of those on the park at once because they it's not a particularly balanced squad so they, they they do kind of need to adapt something I mean I think um Jack Ross got had a bit of joy at, towards the end of the winter the this springtime playing a sort of 3142 um which seemed to work for them it would make sense given the players that have have been signed, where you could have, you know, you you've got a, a, bit, a very talented midfield. You've got the Gogic seems like a really good signing if he's going to play as a kind of an anchorman. You would assume, um, Malin Allen, Horgan, Wright, Boyle, Halberg, whichever of the whatever the makeup is of those four, means that you can have. Deutsch and Nisbet and get the most from from both of them. I would assume it would be something around that as Plan A. But it, it's it's been very difficult to get kind of a handle on what the grand plan is. I think the way that they've recruited and the fact that he he's like bringing in Wright and and Nisbet both both very good players. Um, I, Would suggest that he would try and get both of them on the pitch anyway, with what what they've got at the moment. I I think they've got one of the bigger squads in the league. Like there's 26 odd players uh, who have played at a decent level for a a, played a good good amount of first team football. So I think it is a bit of a a lopsided squad, and you are going to have to leave out or move on um, some senior players, regardless. But I think to get the most out of the best parts of that team, which is the midfield, um, then I think I, I think it'll be a, a back three and a kind of either a one-four or a five-man midfield.
2: Um, if you're asking me, well, I'm, I'm not going to be able to find out on Saturday since they don't seem to be um, allowing Kelly fans to watch the game, so um, that's, that's some <laughs> laugh. Um, but in general, um, I have my doubts that Nisbet and Doyle's a partnership's going to work like I don't I feel like they're both similar type players. I think Nisbet can do a bit more work outside the box but I think they're both guys who tend to score a lot of goals and like you know like to have chances created for them mm. and and I I'm not convinced that the two of them will, will work up a partnership and more importantly I don't think Martin Boyle's best positions like as a wing back. So if you are playing and I think Boyle's our best player, and I think if you're playing those two strikers, you're not getting the best out of Boyle immediately. I really think they should be looking at a, a kind of four-three-three. Three. Um whether that's Boyle uh, you know, get Boyle on the right, and then whether that's someone like right on the left, which doesn't make any sense. Um and and stuff like that. Like I think if I was looking at what they needed to do in the summer I would have said get a winger and um, they, they got right but I would have been thinking about getting someone more left-sided so I'm slightly curious as to see what they're actually going to do but I think you're, you're right that they're, they're a very flexible squad which should come in well for them maybe they'll just play someone like Allen off the left if they do play a 4-3-3 I think Alan can, can be pretty good in that role but again you're wanting them to float inside and leave room for your left back but when your left back is Louis Stevenson that's not going to work because Stevenson isn't going to go up and down as much as, as he might have done five years ago. So I think there's a slight imbalance in that squad that I'll be curious to see how Ross manages to get them going. Because with the players they've got, if they can get them ticking, there's no reason they can't be you know threatening to kind of break into the top six this year, or even top four. But the I have questions about them. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Um, right, we'll move on to St Johnston. Nice, wee, simple one here. Just thoughts on Callan Davidson as a managerial appointment. Uh, he was there for a player's for two spells. He was part of the succession plan to Tommy Wright as a coach at one point. Uh, he was caretaker for a short spell as well, wasn't he? Uh, and I don't know, I, I just think this is quite an interesting appointment. What do you think, Tom?
1: Yeah, I think I've, 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 it's a very St. Johnston appointment in any number of ways. It's a very sensible appointment. St. Johnston are a club that tend to be good for managers, uh, a, a, a good platform for them. And there, there's something about Callum Davison that I can't put my, my finger on that makes me think he might be quite savvy. That he he might know what he's talking about, and I don't know where this is based on, or just on, on a on a hunch. I have um, a similar um,
0: thing. I just seem to think that he. he... I have in my mind that he's a highly rated coach by a lot of people, and yeah. I think I've just picked that up somewhere down the line. I have no obvious example to point to. Well, we? it was
2: I think Strachan made him part of the Scotland setup, if I remember rightly. So there was definitely some suggestion. Wiley, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, Strachan also or Levine also had Kenny Black as part of the Scotland setup. So it's not like a it's not a perfect sign of who's a good coach, but, um, but there is some some sense that 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 may be where it comes from. Yeah, he, he
1: seems to he seems well respected. He's obviously played at a really high level. He speaks well. Um, all of these sort of intangible things that make you think that, you know, he he he's he might be alright. He seems to be uh, he seems to have quite good contacts he's already got, he's obviously got a good working relationship with the Millwall manager um, from working both at Millwall and Stoke, Gary Rowett, and so a, a couple of loan signings in from, from Millwall, but St. Johnston have a good eleven. Um they've signed pretty well. The the Sean Rooney and, and Jimmy McCart from, from Cali are, are players that they needed. Um and are probably more than capable of, of making that step up. So he's got a decent squad. He knows that, you know, kind of part of the furniture there. Um St. Johnston are generally in a they're in a pretty good place. I think the I think what will be interesting is I'd be really interested to see how he how he approaches it because Tommy Wright showed that you could, yes, you could win with St. Johnston as like a dogged, hard to beat, like awful to play against, but but compact and, and kind of dogs of war. But you could also turn them into a really good side who were really attractive to watch and had a lot of good footballers. And, and Davidson has inherited a squad with quite a lot of good footballers
2: in it. Yeah, I think they've got a very good squad. Like um, the, They've got some really exciting young players at the moment. Um, you, you look at I mean, I, I, it's actually interesting to, to call Gordon a young player. I think he's like 24, but as a centre half, he's still kind of young to playing regularly for St Johnston. You've got Kerr, who's a captain, but he's still a, a young player as well. You've got McCann in the middle of the park, who um, is very good. And you've got Hendry up front, and that's the core of a team. And even Xander Clark, who maybe there's question marks over for a goalkeeper, is not that old. Um, He's probably like twenty-seven or something, and uh, off the top of my head, he may even be older than that. Who knows? But um, that core of the team is quite young, but has a lot of games under their belt. You've still got guys kicking about like Chris Kane, and then you've got someone like Stevie May, who, if he can ever recapture what he's had before, um, and 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 there
1: were signs, there were signs there
2: there were. And again, little signs. But we said some folk that the lockdown was good too, but um, he was probably the opposite. He would have loved to kind of keep going. But in general, I think what Davidson just has to avoid trying to do is try to reinvent the wheel too quickly. It doesn't have to change too much. Um, St. Johnson were doing very well before we stopped. Just keep doing what they've been doing. Like don't. And I think the fact that he's been there, he's been part of Tommy Ray's management team. You would hope that he'll, he'll kind of know that. He'll know what the formula is. Fair enough. If if um, once you've got that under your belt, if you have your own way that you want to play, go ahead and try and do it. But don't don't kind of come in and make big changes it doesn't look like it has the type of players I've signed are the type of players that um, Wright would have signed as well um, these loanies from Millwall will turn up play five games and never be heard of again which is pretty much every loan signing Tommy Wright ever made um, so and then the core will be the same core that was there to begin with and that's what I expect to see again um, so yeah I I uh, strongly suspect and St. Johnson will do well this season
0: it's sticking with you, Craig. What about Livingston? Uh, where next for them? Can they can they build on last season, or will they will they be dropping back down? I don't I mean relegation. I don't necessarily mean relegation. There, I just mean like um, f- from fifth, fourth, fifth, fifth, fifth. Of course. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think they were they were flying at the end of the season and, and might have troubled Motherwell and Aberdeen if they'd been allowed to continue it's very hard to tell their, their squad's a bit strange they've got Ambrose in at the back which um, he barely got the type start but that should be a good addition to the, the defence um, they've got McCrory in and goals again should be pretty solid I think a lot of it will hinge on on Dykes um, okay they did well essentially playing without a striker in the first season they came up where they just kind of chucked whoever was fit and able to run about at centre forward and got everything about that but adding Dykes in as the kind of fulcrum of, of that attack was really important so if they can keep him i say the sky's the limit but they can do very well um, but if they don't keep him I I don't know that they can replicate what they did last year I don't think they'll be in any danger but it can always be a bit of these kind of built on sand all of a sudden they just go from doing really well in the arse falls out of it, it happened to Partick Thistle um, and, and they're now in League 1 and so it, it could happen all to right, it could it could happen. They are so. I think they'll do fine, but I suspect Dykes will leave, and I suspect that could have a knock-on effect.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, going to you. They really. You noticed that when he was out the team last season, that they were just completely. They, they were such a lower standard without him.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it will depend on whether they've kind of planned for. You know, there's there's definitely there's fairly solid interest from down south, and you would imagine that. We're we're not talking about the differences of, of millions and the kind of budgets with, with the clubs down south. Someone will find an extra little bit to to sign him if they really want him. Um, I think we probably do need after two seasons to stop thinking. It's very easy to think of like Livy as a bit of an anomaly, but actually, the, the financially, yes. But the the squad is pretty good, and they've got like the the high points of the squad are very good I mean F.A. Ambrose would get in most 11s Um, Marvin Bartley playing the way that Marvin Bartley played last season but knowing his role and everything about that you know was was exceptional Dykes if he stayed would get into most certainly most squads Um, they've they've made some interesting signings and and they've always got an awful lot of um, energy about them I think it depends on whether the guys that they've brought in like (laughs) Poplatnik <laughs> Matas Poplatnik? yeah. I think, I think that's yeah. a decent
0: effort, I'd say. Yeah.
1: Pop-lut-nick. Um are they? Has he been brought in as someone who could potentially fill in for, for Dykes when when they sell him, make money? I mean, Levy seemed to be a, a, a probably less hit than many clubs because the players who left would have left anyway um they had a good they like punched well above their weight last season financially so they'll have made more from prize money than they were expecting to so I think they're not desperate to sell um but it's whether they've they've kind of thought ahead and this is a plan for a, a succession plan for for dykes if he goes on for you know a, a decent seven figure fee if not, then I think, all, you know, they're, they're, they've still got all the parts that make them difficult to play against, but the the X factor that moved them from being this kind of chaotic team that caused lots of people problems, but ultimately were one of the best of the bottom six, to being troubling Europe, you know, that that was kind of gone
0: right we'll move through these last few a wee bit quicker we'll just give you this one Tom with you being the uh, resident Aberdeen supporter but does McInnes have to win a trophy to keep the supporters on side he even said himself recently that he found Aberdeen boring to watch at times last season the game that actually stands out for me last season was beat Livy 2-0 at the Tony Macaroni and these were fucking awful
1: yeah yeah got absolutely battered um I mean, I, I don't think he needs to win a trophy to keep the supporters on side, but he needs to show marked improvement. But f- he's been in charge. So this will be his eighth, seventh season. It's, 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 basically, he's had five very good seasons, two below par ones, and fans want to see a bit of progress. That is difficult. It's a tough job. He's had to replace Kenny McLean, Ryan Jack, Graham Shinney Ryan Christie. I mean he's replaced Johnny Hayes finally with Johnny Hayes so you know he he has somewhat put the band back together a little bit um, but I think there needs to be a, a an idea that like, so there was games like that when they, they beat Livingston there was also a, an appalling loss to St Mirren a 0-0 draw with St Mirren um, in Paisley both those games when there was just no identity to the team there was no idea about uh, nobody seemed to know what they were doing nobody seemed to know what what their roles were within the team and it's he, he's he's been given funds to strengthen certainly from with the the, the playing budget has been increased from from then um, and I think if you thought of that like the archetype McKenna's team would, would be defensively solid they break quickly they attack on the wings they've got someone arriving from midfield late in the box and they have an attacking threat from fullback and they haven't had that for a couple of years so I think this season he's got to try and figure out how that he he will almost certainly play a variation of a five or a either a four five one or a, a four three three and you've got to figure out from the wide players who from Hedges, McLennan, Kennedy, McGinn, Wright and Hayes are competing for probably two spots. And who Who are the midfield three from Bryson, Ferguson, Ojo, Campbell, McGeech? They're, I think they're still desperate for a left back. Greg Lee was probably done before uh, financial restrictions were there. And I suspect Tommy Holbin will come in at some point. But I think they were eye-wateringly boring last season getting a bit of identity back and showing that there's been some form of progress over the last couple of years, Cup wouldn't do him any harm.
0: No wonder he used hemorrhage hemorrhaging money. Eh? It was like 12 wingers or something like that. <laughs> um, right, Motherwell, is this team, the squad that they have right now, is it better than the one that finished second, Craig?
2: Hard to tell. Um, I thought the squad, the squad at the time, the squad that finished second, I thought... I, um, they finished second two years in the road, didn't they? But the, the um I think the so, squad yeah. they did I thought was um pretty good. But looking at it in retrospect, they don't look very good on paper. Um but but they did have Higdon. Um, I don't think they have anything of the, the quality of Higdon right now. Um they had um at other times John Sutton and I think that's what they lack is the strikers that they have the now, you know, um are okay I think Long Long can be pretty decent um, Tony Watt when he turns it on I think technically very good doesn't score a lot of goals um, so so I guess the, long answer, the short answer to that is no I don't think they are as good but I think they are stronger in certain areas I think um, their defence looks pretty solid um, I think they've done well to get um, the middle of the park like if they can keep I, I don't know if they will but if they can keep Campbell and Turnbull in there particular particular they've still got Polworth that's a very strong midfield um, yeah. as well. So there are bits of it that are better, but I think when I like to think of a Middlesbrough team, Middlesbrough have pretty much always been a team that have played a, an attacking kind of style of football. Always had a good front three. I don't think the front three they have now is as good as what they they had previously. What do you yeah, think? So? I think
1: that's I think that's fair. I, I think um, they're not they're not as good yet. Um, I think there is. Far more potential. I think it's entirely possible that in four or five years' time, you look back on the mother motherlode squad of this season and are like, "Oh, those four players played together in, in in that team." I think they've got a really good balance to the squad. I think, like you say, the the, the midfield looks looks pretty tasty. Um, there are some question marks up front, but they're defensively solid and, and they do get goals right through throughout the team. I think the the big thing is. And maybe that like it would be cliche to say it's down to the fact that they're a, still a very young squad, but it would be an obvious thing to point to is they're still quite they're still inconsistent. And uh, the inconsistent the consistency has been the, been the big thing for them. And anyone who wants to get to, I mean, the, the teams that finished second got in the 70s, like low 60s, uh, high 60s, 70s, I think, uh, for, for points. And they were, um, they they were kind of flat track bullies. Motherwell last season were kind of fits and starts where they, they'd won like, they win five in a row and then lose three in a row and they'd, I think ultimately the, the, the end run of the season I think they had maybe two wins from eight so it, it might be that the consistency hasn't been there quite yet. I think it's entirely possible that at the end of the season we look back on it and say this is a much better squad it's certainly a more exciting squad, it's certainly got more potential but for me, not there yet.
0: And moving on to the final two, first of all, with Rangers, um, do they need Morelos to stop Celtic? We'll go back to you again, Tom. We've got another mysterious uh, transfer saga unravelling at the moment with Morelos. It seems we just don't get a a, a usual transfer story when it comes to Morelos.
1: Yes, in short. Yes, I do think Rangers need... um, Probably a lot more as well. Uh, Yeah, I, I mean... The, and the issue isn't, this year isn't Rangers against Celtic because Morelos has got this like blind spot and it's nothing to do with the quality he's just got this, there's this anomaly that he hasn't really ever turned it on uh, against Agreed. Celtic or he's been but it's Morelos against everybody else because league titles aren't won from the old firm games they're, they're uh, it, it's the like it's the grind it's the being you know one it, it's one 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 in Dingwall with seven minutes to go and it's those kind of games that Morelos can offer something completely different and, and will change them. He's so hard to play against. He's so different from anyone else in the league. And, and the problem with selling a £15 million striker is you have to replace a £15 million striker with someone of a similar quality but you don't have £15 million to spend. Like there, there are, I was looking at the, the the Colombian squad at the moment, there are actually two current um, Colombian 24-year-old strikers uh, available in the Colombian squad. But Sebastian Villa plays for uh, Boca Juniors and Rafael Santos-Borre plays for Lazio. So that that's the kind of level that you would need to go go to. And for someone like Lille or Crystal Palace or whoever it is, it's not a huge gamble. I don't... The, the other side of it is I don't have a huge amount of faith that Rangers transfer policy in the last couple of years has been strong enough that they would be able to go out and clearly identify someone for 5, 6 whoever, 7 million because 15 million quid seems like you've got a really good deal. 15 million quid is Ryan Kent, Goldson, Edmondson, Helander, Gresda and Jamie Murphy. So I, I think Gerard has shown he's more tactically astute. He's, he's shown he's got a plan B. He's shown he can change games. The problem would be if he sells Morelos, his plan B has to become his plan A and I think rather it, it, there's still a big gap between Rangers and Celtic in terms of the, the quality throughout the squad and they need more players like Morelos rather than selling someone like him if they're going to challenge.
0: Anything to add to that Craig?
2: I, I think we can I, the, the thing that I look back on is when Celtic stopped Rangers winning 10 in a row pretty much that summer I think one of them left in February they lost Van Hooydonk De Canio and Kadetti in the same summer they brought in Henrik Larson, who actually didn't wasn't amazing in that first season, but they ended up with, I think, Harold back Simon Donnelly, Tommy Johnson as their kind of forwards along with Larson. And yet that was the team that took out um Rangers. And I think they invested a bit of that money elsewhere in the team. I think they, they used it to bring in Paul Lambert um and, and others. So if they can get the money and invest it well in other parts of the team and still bring in an okay striker, maybe. Because I think it can be... I think Defoe scored Morelos in the league last season, mainly because he was playing before the, the European games where Morelos was incredible. If they can win, you, you can probably downgrade Morelos to a striker who's 80% of the quality he is, and you'll probably still win most of the games that he scores in domestically. And if you can add a midfield that maybe gets you across the line in some of the games that they drew or lost last season, maybe that can be enough I'm. Um, so I'm not saying I think they will win it, but um, that I can see them that being a possibility.
0: Yeah, you just wonder if there'll be any pressure or not because I. Yeah, I don't know. You just wonder, because sometimes mentality does come into it. But I, I think we're just going into this big unknown that who knows where we're going to be and how much football is going to have been played uh, come. November and then in January and, and and so on so yeah it's definitely going to be interesting and kind of on that finishing off with Celtic should they fail to win the 10 in a row what are going to be the long lasting impacts on the team and their supporters will they then need to go out and spend 10 million pounds for every 5 million pound Rangers spend <laughs> I've not put that to anybody Tom why do not you take it
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um yeah I mean first of all I, I'll start by saying I think they will win Ten, but I, I think they need to do a bit of work. Yeah, I, I think given the advantage that they've had, and it's not been, you know, it, it's been as a result of think of Rangers' uh, indiscretions and the sort of ten, 10 year head start um, almost that they've had. And all the Champions League money that's come, and all the sell-on fees, and all the transfers, and all the uh, the allure of the Champions League for bringing players in, it would be incredibly embarrassing to not uh, to 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 fumble the ball now when you're on the the brink of breaking the record and, and getting the ten in the row. I, I think there's just like just. I mean, I, I think Neil Lennon will come under pressure when Celtic lose a cup match, which inevitably they will at some point. And there are more opportunities really? to lose a cup match this season. I mean, will it, they? they? Well, at some point. Well, if they keep, unless they send a goalkeeper, then I think they've uh, they've got a fairly glaring weakness there at the moment. I think at, at, at some point, I I actually don't, I think they have an incredibly strong 11. I think the squad could do with you don't have to go too deep into the Celtic squad to find guys who have a lot of potential but aren't necessarily going to... Like, they're still obviously got quality, but they're not... You're, you're talking like your... Um, Klamalas and Soros and sveds and uh, and the like of that. You, you don't need to go too deep into the squad to find the guys that are not tried and tested at the, the, the top level. I think that... Celtic's mentality has always been about being the underdog that's ingrained in them they are the establishment club now they're not just like on the verge of 10 in a row they are three seasons potentially away from overtaking Rangers record of total league titles and you you can't claim to be anything other than the big team if you're going to do that so I think it would be incredibly embarrassing to get to this stage with that advantage, and yes, Rangers are spending money to catch them, and yes, there's a, always an, a, a rogue element of rivalry in it. But I think it would be, it would be, I, it would, it would take a generation to get over it. Celtic <laughs> might go on and win another, however many afterwards, but I think not putting the marker down that they're the momentum and the lead that they have built up. Probably deserves would be uh, would be a, a missed opportunity for them.
2: I, I think it would be the beginning the end for for long at Celtic because I think their fans have been frustrated at them being doing things on the cheap because they could, and it's cost them in the Champions League year after year. Every pretty much every Champions League uh, every year they've gone out of the Champions League and they qualify into a team that they should have beaten, and it's because they haven't invested in one particular position of the squad. At the moment, with no goalkeeper, it looks like they're doing this, the same. Maybe they'll get someone in by then. There's no excuse. Celtic should be, given given that they had that kind of head start as such and all the Champions League money, Celtic should have been still 20-30 points clearer Rangers, Rangers, or, or you know, at least in no doubt of losing things and they've not really extended out that lead over Rangers that they should have done and so if they don't win the league this year I suspect that Law will be, will come under so much more pressure from their supporters Yeah, I mean I I think Just the fact that Neil Lennon's in the dugout I mean he's fine but they should have been pushing the boat out for a better manager they should have been pushing the boat out to replace Rodgers with another Rodgers and they've tried to do it on the cheap
1: Yeah, and I think it's quite telling that Yes, there are question marks surrounding Morelos, but if you know the season starts on Saturday, we are pretty sure that Rangers are. They, they may not be done for the, the the window, but their eleven is pretty much there. Celtic with a couple of weeks for the start of the season, we don't know who they're. I mean, they've probably got at the moment maybe the fourth or fifth best goalie in the league and um, there are huge questions over their number their number nine and his relationship with the manager there uh, and yes the starting 11 is, is far far better uh, in my opinion than ranger starting 11 at the moment but the moment you start getting any injuries things start to crack
0: but it's probably not going to happen is it but it's not they're going <laughs> to win it <laughs> uh, yeah that that's it for today we'll i guess we'll leave it there we've, we've- Filled out the time Plenty there That 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 sentence Doesn't even make sense That's staying in though um, You can get more Of this nonsense And rambling On Patreon We're going to go talk About some of the things That um we're looking forward to Over the coming season There's also All the season previews One for each club Going up They've started to go up So please check them out As well That's all at Patreon.com Forward slash Terrace podcast Just say bye guys And we'll get out of here Cheerio Bye <laughs>